You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now let's talk about, uh, I'm going to call him our Lord and Savior, Daniel Jones. Uh, number eight on your programs, number one in your hearts. I mean, unbelievable, Paul. To have their first game where two guys rushed for a, for 100 yards since, what was it, 2009? 10? Yeah, it was 10. Uh, I think it was 10. I, I, I saw the okay. stat. So Daniel Jones looks back with the running, and it makes you wonder. Now, we're three weeks removed from the ankle injury. He didn't miss any games, and he picked and chose the spots, and he still did that to an extent in this game, but he looked back, and it almost makes me feel better because we didn't see a lot of this early in the game yesterday, Paul, but it makes me feel like the Giants are coaching and calling plays where they know they have Daniel Jones's legs as a weapon, but don't make them the number one weapon unless you have to because we still want to keep this guy healthy, but seeing him play that way and seeing him, I mean, Daniel Jones was delivering some seed throws yesterday. I mean, the throw to Slayton in the end zone is unbelievable. The Johnson drop was one of, as you said, about five drops. I mean, you got your balls hitting guys and not, I think ball, another ball hit Slayton in the numbers too at one point. That, I was, by the way, shocked that there was no pass interference on as well. But Daniel Jones's numbers, over 200 yards passing, 100 yards receiving, a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown. His numbers, see, and this is also the problem if you don't watch the games and you want to go back and look numbers. He's going to get a lot of credit. His numbers should have been that much more better in passing without these drops, and this has been nothing new with this receiving core. But I think really the true sign of where we come here, Paul, week one throws that inexplicable pass, uh, you know, that gets picked off and Dable gets in his face, although they tried to act like he didn't, you know, that can't happen. That can't happen. Well, fast forward two months of football here and there's Daniel Jones acting the way a lot of these franchise quarterbacks act, you know, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers on their own problems right now. Hey, that's unacceptable on a football field when you're dropping passes. I'm going to let you know that I'm not just going to be walked all over here. You got to make a play. I thought that was another sign, here we go, that Daniel Jones continues to grow up week by week. It's okay that he's just showing the same kind of fire as the head coach, and he's out there making a ton of plays, both with his legs and his arm. I'm going to go back into the time machine like I do so many times before, Sean. Phil Simms was a fiery quarterback, and we loved Phil Simms for what he yeah. did for this franchise, right? And then Eli was the opposite. Eli was cold and cool and collected and – Everybody talked about how he never broke a sweat and all that other stuff. Okay, well, you know what? Daniel Jones has to be Daniel Jones. And for him to always act like Eli and to try to be cool and monotone because maybe he thinks he's got to be, no. It's okay. Daniel, if you're pissed off, I could say that, right? This is, this is the yeah. internet. I could say that, right? Okay. Yeah, Daniel, if you're pissed off, Phil was pissed off too. Do it. Just yeah. come out and do it. Phil had a lot of fire in his belly, and we applauded him for it. So, Daniel, it's okay. It's allowed. 
You're ticked off. The guy dropped the pass on the goal line. Should have had it. Show him. Let him know. Now, don't show him up. Don't rant and rave. I don't think he did. He just let him and know. He that didn't. Yeah. And he didn't. And that's the point. Take the three, take the three seconds, the four seconds, the five seconds, and say, come on, man. Come on. We got to get that. Do it. Oh, Do it. Show some oregano, baby. <laughs> I love it, Paul. Now I'm very in the mood for some Italian food later on. All right. So with that, you show some oregano, baby. How about on the other side of the ball real quick? I mean, just the defense again, just when they need to make a play, they make a play. And for the second straight week, I feel like Kayvon Thibodeau really disrupted things on those last couple drives for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It took them a while to get going. I mean, the Giants defensive front was really stonewalled early in this game. They had owned so many of these games in the trenches, and they really just couldn't make anything happen. They couldn't set an edge ATN going off. They couldn't get to Trevor Lawrence. But they were able to grind this out a little bit, Paul. And it, by the end of the game, it's Kayvon Thibodeau. And I know Dexter Lawrence takes that second rough in the passer call. But those guys are getting after the quarterback again. And Thibodeau is really coming into his own in what feels like he's becoming a closer. I think this is really a twofold point that you're making, Sean. It's not just that the pass rush in the fourth quarter clearly wore down the Jaguars and was getting more and more heat. And I know what you mentioned about the, the penalty and – I get it, all that stuff. I mean, Dexter Lawrence is a big man, and when he lands on you, it's pretty nasty. But <laughs> the and, and Thibodeau certainly was doing better in, in the fourth quarter as well. I But I also believe that it was the Giants' offensive line and their running game that was punishing the Jaguars in the fourth quarter as well as the defense. On both sides, I thought the yeah. Giants' physicality and the conditioning and the desire to take it to you and to throw more haymakers, that's what won this game, ultimately. Because I believe, in spite of the fact that, you know, uh, Kirk got down to the one-yard line on the last play, I get it. Physically, it was one yard away from perhaps losing the game. I totally understand that. But like you said, for people who watched the game, you saw how physically imposing the Giants were in the fourth quarter on both sides of the ball. They were dictating the tempo on both sides. Yeah, and, and on that point of physicality, because we're going to get to the injuries and what you saw down on the sideline in a second. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, I, I think I was reading about uh, Feliciano here, basically urging the sideline as they were really grinding it out in the fourth quarter. Just keep feeding it to Saquon, keep yes. feeding it to Saquon. And it, it yes. felt like the offensive line had caught their groove and they were started to beat the heck out of that defensive front for the Jags. You know, Walker had his couple moments there on Phillips, but ultimately Josh Allen was very quiet. I mean, shocker, Andrew Thomas was great again, but it felt like the Giants as an offensive unit loved feeding off that physicality. And it's no secret. I mean, we've seen multiple games now where Saquon's numbers just aren't there in the first half. And you look up and by the end of the fourth quarter, he's up, you know, 80, 90, 100 yards rushing again. Uh, and that's because the offensive line just keeps getting in this mojo and there's Saquon finding his gaps. I mean, that was it. They wore him down late. The commitment 
of Kafka and Dable to continue to go back to the run game. How many weeks are we talking about this, Sean? Yeah. They just keep doing it. It doesn't matter. You want to stone the Giants rushing attack in the first half? It doesn't matter. They're not going to let you take them out of their game. They're going to do what they want to do. All right. You threw up a wall. Okay. They're going to keep chopping away till they break through it. It's just that simple. The Giants will not be deterred from their running game or their balanced attack. They continue to prove it week after week, and it continues to be effective as the, as the second half wears on. Let's look at what Azudu did, and let's look at what Tyree Phillips did. Now, Azudu, at least we knew, was a bruiser in the run game, and oh, we've yeah. seen him earlier this season before. It's so the that's protection the problem. Right, exactly. The run okay. game, he's been fine. Right. But Tyree Phillips? No, I mean, seriously, think about that for a second. Did you even know who he was until the Giants picked him up, the former no, Ravens no. offensive lineman? Never heard of him. Okay. Never heard of him in my life. Right, exactly. Guy's a former third-round pick, all right, been in the league for a few years, had even started a bunch of games during his career with the Ravens, but it had a bunch of injuries. They gave up on him, on, gave up on him during the offseason, and I don't know this, but the suspicion is that Wink probably alerted the front office and said, look, this guy's out there. You may want him for death purposes. So what happens? They sign him. He quietly sits there on the bench. Nobody even gives him a second thought. And I'll be honest with you. I've never even given him a second thought. I knew yeah. he was there. I knew who he was. But I never gave him a second thought. And so all of a sudden now, they wind up with two offensive linemen injured in the game. Evan Neal goes out. Phillips goes in. Not Devery Hamilton, but Phillips becomes the lead right. tackle. If, and Paul, not to stop you, but a week before, out of nowhere, Phillips suddenly was the guy being the eligible receiver on all those right. plays versus the Ravens. You know, just, as a Giants fan, you're sitting there going, 79's eligible? Who are we talking about here? It was like he came out of nowhere last week, and it's just not that you wanted it for Evan Neal, of course, but it's so ironic that you know, after what happened last week, suddenly Neal gets hurt and you need him to step up into this spot. And, what, what, and Paul, and uh, you can continue on, but uh, as I'm saying this out loud, was it Tyree Phillips just need to learn the playbook? Like, what took them so long to get him involved in those jumbo packages and stuff? Well, like I'm glad you asked me that question because that's that's actually something that I need to figure out myself. The truth of the matter is, I'm not sure. I, I was under the impression that last week when they used him in the jumbo, they were just giving him a shot to do something, honestly, because he had done so well during practice in terms of his work ethic. Remember, this coaching staff tells the guys – you work hard in practice, you earn snaps, you'll get rewarded. And he's right. been a good teammate. That I know. They like him. He's a good teammate. I thought they just threw him in there and gave him a token to get in the game last week when he had those handful of snaps. I never thought that it was going to result in him being the next man up at the tackle spot. Yeah, yeah. I never thought I, that. I had to go back and check the inactives when he came in because I was even like, no Devery? I mean, what are we doing here? I, I, you know, I thought that was the way we had brought it along. But certainly, certainly that was worth it. And by the way, it just shows you the Giants have come such a long way on the offensive line. Their starters were so bad for so long. When anybody went down, you didn't want to see what their backups look like. The idea that they could lose two guys in that game yesterday, Paul, and still be able to grind it out the way they did in the fourth quarter speaks volumes, speaks volumes. And with that, 
I mean, obviously, you were in the locker room post-game. We are taping this well before we have any injury reports. It's been reported, though, that Evan Neal is a sprained MCL, which, aha, we've seen plenty of those already with the Giants this year. So it gives you an idea when thinking about Leonard Williams and, like, you know, how long a timetable you're looking at. Uh, you know, what do you think with Bredesen and Neal and timetables or injuries, and, and what's the sense you get? Well, the only thing that, that I will say is that watching the guys leave the locker room yesterday uh, as they headed to the team bus, and you know, that the, neither Neil or Bredesen were available to talk to the media, but, but, but both of them, you know, had braces on as, as they were, you know, slowly walking off to the team bus. So the good news, I suppose, is that I don't think either guy's going to be a season ender. I can't say that for sure. But I don't think so. I got. I mean, I didn't see crutches, right? right? You don't. When you don't see crutches, it's good. It's usually a good thing, right? Okay. So um, as they walked off to the bus, they had braces. So I'll assume that they'll be sooner rather than later. But I think it's it's probably asking an awful lot to expect them to play next week. Now, yeah. does that mean does that mean that Ty Phil Ty, you know Tyree Phillips is is the tackle this week? Maybe it does, and good for him. See, the one thing I will tell you, and this goes to my point about what I was talking about with it, with the intangibles. So I was on the sideline for the entire game yesterday. Before the game started, Tyree Phillips, and I had not noticed this before, and I don't know, maybe he didn't do it before, but Tyree Phillips went up and down the Giants bench before the National Anthem and went up to every single teammate that he could find. And gave them a slap and a hug, and and, and a good job before the game. Now I know it doesn't sound like much, but that's the well, kind of stuff that they're building here. Right now, it's and, a guy that's into it. That's a guy without a major role who's into it. Going off, hey, let's go get this. I, there's nothing. Now, wrong did he that. did he know he was going to play at all? No, I don't I mean, think so. He might have thought you the know, jumbo packages again. He certainly didn't think Evan Neal was getting hurt. I mean, by the way, if you if you could have predicted anything from yesterday's game, you, you know you should be playing Lotto. Yeah, really.